0: Debbie is everything Marketplace Finding the talent is art, I'd say I leave it to them while I carve my name Marketplace, Marketplace Debbie is everything Marketplace Finding the talent is art, I'd say I leave it to them while I carve my name Ayy Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Devi Marketplace Podcast. Kane, Shane, and Nelly back with you again, and we're still talking Dynasty. We're going to talk about what I am calling the Dynasty Shift. We need to talk about that. We're going to talk Dynasty wide receivers. We're going to talk some trades that Shane and I made together. I made a solo trade, and Nelly made a solo trade in the startup. We're going to talk about all of those and see how we kind of navigated those trades. And then Shane is going to teach us something, and we are always going to end with our buys, sells, and our unknown stock. Um, but first something embarrassing happened to me today and I feel weird and I don't know if anyone saw it, but, uh, I think it's worth mentioning. Um, so I recently got a bike and I think if you haven't ridden a bike for a really long time, it's not like, right. Cause you always have the cliche of like, you know, it's like riding a bike. Like, yeah, I still know how to ride a bike, but it's not as easy if that makes sense, right? Like, obviously, I know how to ride a bike. But, like, Shane, do you know how to ride a bike? I do not. Yeah, we're going to teach you. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, we are not. Um, so so here's, here's my thing, right? Is I don't know how high the seat needs to be, right? Because I just got this, and I just left the seat wherever it was. But the problem, right, is that when you're trying to, like, kick off, with the foot that you put over, like I like the pedal to be up on that side, right? So I can just push it down right away and start going. When it's not, I look like a fool because my feet cannot touch the where the pedal is like all the way at the bottom with enough force for it to come back up, right? If I'm just getting on, because I'm like trying to do this weird thing where I'm like trying to also pedal and like move forward. So maybe it's just me being an idiot, but I definitely saw people Like looking at me as I was leaving my house this morning, um, so that's fun.
1: Screw, screw them. You know, good, good for you. Yeah, it's not like you could just hop on anything, you know, a bike or whatever, and remember exactly what to do. So it's good for you for riding your bike.
0: I'm trying to get trying to get healthier. I know Nelly's about to call me an idiot, but.
1: Uh, I wasn't gonna go that far. I was just
2: gonna say maybe Kane isn't the right person to teach Shane how to ride a bike.
0: <laughs> I know how to ride a bike. I just don't know how high the seat's supposed to be. Like, should like
2: oh your toes God, should to be so you can be on your toes while you're sitting on the seat.
0: We, we, like, should you be able to use enough force to like continue the rotation at that position?
2: I don't really know what you mean, like. You should be able to, like, stand on your bike in place not and not have to, like, do that.
0: Oh, then I I certainly can't do that.
2: Yeah, like, the cool thing with the pedals is if it's down on the one side, it's up on the other. So then you just push up on the other side.
0: Right, but if you're just getting on your bike, right, Let's like, I'm putting my right leg over, right, and I like to have that pedal near the top because then I can just easily push it down as my leg kind of comes over it, right? You know what I'm talking about? Does that make sense? It makes sense,
2: but I think but if your that's seat's all too high. if
0: that's all the way on the bottom, this seats like at the height the seats at, like I can barely like make it continue, right? Yeah, your seat's too high, I okay. think is the conclusion here. That that could be it. I d I don't doubt that. You know. This car co- I have no
1: idea what's going on in this <laughs> car. I've never ridden a bike.
0: Well, here's something that will continue to make you confused. And it's something that I'm calling the dynasty shift. Now, if you've played in quite a few, um, you know, if you play in quite a few leagues, you're going to notice that we're kind of like in this weird spot. And Shane, you've probably seen this before, right? Cause you've been playing like dynasty a whole lot longer than I have. We're like, we are desperately waiting from, for, for players to become a whole lot more productive and match their value right and we have a lot of older players where their value has dropped and their production might do the same we don't quite know yet because the season hasn't started right but i just feel like we have like this entire dead zone right we're used to having more wide receivers that are really really good that match high value now we have two Right. And so I think we're at this like weird spot where the age of players matters so much more in dynasty probably than it ever has paired with like we haven't had enough top tier talent come into the NFL and produce at that top level right away. Right. You might have like one or two a season, but I don't think that makes that top tier really, really good. Right does Does that make sense like are you are you picking up what I'm putting down?
1: yeah, I think I know what you're saying, so basically like age is starting to matter more than production and like look when you know when I started playing dynasty uh it's been what eighteen years ago um ish so like yeah, you know, you did not plan on receivers year one year two doing that much. It was really novel right. if they would. And so people did bank on like older receiver, like 28, 29 was not old. Now it, now it is. So I think that's what you're saying. Like now we're weary. If a guy doesn't come into the league and just smash year one and we're throwing guys away, like a Tyree kill, like a Cooper cup, Devontae Adams too early. So you kind of, yeah, you end up with, No one, you know, you end up with no one being a good value. Yeah, that hasn't really happened before. Um,
0: And I wonder, I wonder if that's because we had wide receivers hit so quickly and not just hit quickly, but hit top tier production so quickly in Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson that it just leaves us with a chasm below them. And like that, that could definitely be the case. But I think age definitely ha- has changed changed this entire landscape, uh, especially at the wide receiver position.
1: Uh, I'll say I feel like our expectations as dynasty players are much higher than they used to be. Like like Jalen Waddell, his production last year should be, uh, you know, basically like this is going to be a top tier player to do that in year one. And like we're not there anymore. Like that's not good enough because it's not Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. Um, and then we start taking situation into okay, it, it. Just the expectations are way too high for what a wide receiver one is. And that's not what a wide receiver one is. Like I, I don't know if that makes sense, but I think that's that. I think that's the problem because I do. I do think we keep shifting younger and younger, and it's just gonna. It, you can't, you can't keep up with that because not every class is going to be like that. And I, I do think, like you said, Ken, I think our perceptions um, are just sullied because we just want the top guy instead of, hey, you know, um, Tyreek Hill still going to be really good. Like, that's, that's fine. Like, CeeDee Lamb is still wide receiver one. And, like, everyone wants to cast him away for having uh, a down year in year two. Like you know, like what, what is that? You know, I, I think we just have the, these high, too high expectations for what we expect wide receivers to be in fantasy football and not what they actually are.
0: Nellie, you got to have some numbered thoughts over there, right?
1: It,
2: well, I think it comes down to a, a lot of it has to do with value, right? but it's more than just value. It's like, what's the point of the value? is on one hand, one theory is the point of value in Dynasty is to continue to grow that value and to continue to build up as much value as possible on your team. And the best way to do that is by getting young players with wide ranges of outcomes and having them appreciate in value, gaining in value, and and eventually growing. But the other thing is, like you need to score fantasy points in Dynasty as well to win. Um, and so there's a certain balance of how you translate that value into fantasy points. And, and oftentimes, the people scoring the most fantasy points are players who are at the peak of their career. And once you hit your peak, then you start to depreciate. And so people are scared of that value depreciation right when they're at their peak of scoring the most uh, fantasy points. And, and it makes sense, right? You don't want to be sitting on a depreciating asset. You want to move, move it ahead of time. But there becomes a balance of, of at what cost, like at what point does it make sense to sell those appreciating assets because you want to score those fantasy points. So I, I think the market has become more aware of the depreciating assets and they're shifting away from that. Um, but it almost feels like an overshift, right? Like guys are hitting like 26, 27 years old and everyone's like, oh, well, their peak's a couple of years away. Like they're going to depreciate soon. Let's get out ahead of this. And and it keeps kind of shifting earlier and earlier where people are trying to beat the market in terms of that age shift. And it almost feels like it's it's gone too soon at this point.
0: Like, I, so I don't disagree with you. And I think the shift on age being so much more important to production makes it a lot easier to have producing teams for cheap, right? Like when you can get a really old, I guess really old Adam Thielen, right? He's 31, 32 years old for like a third, maybe two thirds and have a year or two of production. Well, that's not an expensive price. Right. When you can get an aging running back in which aging means Leonard Fournette still has three years on his deal and probably two more before he ever gets cut by the Buccaneers, regardless of what weight he's at. Right. Like he's probably still going to. You could get him for you could have got him for a late 22 first for sure. That didn't have a whole lot of value. So it's. I think you're honestly at this point where like it's easier to compete now than it ever is right especially when you're in a time where so many people are trying to rebuild and retool right i feel like it's a lot easier for people to walk into the playoffs than it ever has been because people are just waiting for these massive massive gains in value and making sure that they hit on the next Bijan Robinson right the running back that's going to absolutely explode in the 23 class and making sure they have those top picks because that's where we've decided the value is Right. So I think we're at this weird, weird point in fantasy football as a whole because we no longer value production as much, right? It's age and production is at the top, and then it's like age and like kind of production in the middle. And then like the third tier is older players that have production. And then it's like the really old players that have production mixed with young players that don't have production are apparently the same value, right? So I think we're just in this really, really weird spot, especially with wide receivers that, like, I'm not sure how, you know, I'm not sure this value that we're placing on some of these players is actually sustainable for long-term dynasty teams, right? Because we're giving up so many years of... Of production with the hope that we're hitting one time right when the hit rates in the first round are relatively low granted you can always make the argument that like yeah i'm just get i'm gathering first round picks and i'm gonna trade those first round picks when they're worth more and sure and that makes a ton of sense because they're an appreciating appreciating asset that you know of right you don't always know if another player is going to appreciate in value um, but I think if you're always just making a crap ton of picks, i think I think you have to be realistic that not all of them are going to uh smash I don't know, that's kind of where my head's at right now and i i am th- having difficulty like understanding some of this landscape right now maybe that's just me.
1: Well, I, I, I think what you're saying is, and, you know, we talk about value and like, I love the 2023 class as much as anyone I've I've definitely traded for those picks and given up value, but I think we, what part of what you're saying, Kane, is when that age starts creeping up, you know, like you said, older players with production are so far down the list of what we care about that it's almost like I should just ride them out. You know, that, it's never going to be worth trading them for the production trade-off anymore. Now, I think Mike Evans is a good example. Like, Mike Evans is going to turn 29 uh, in two months. And, like, he's basically at 1,000 yards every single year. He was wide receiver 13 in points per game last year. He has Tom Brady again. Like, you can't trade him for that, right? You you can't get a top 15 receiver asset for mike evans you know you can't get that so you you probably should just keep him just till the end of his career he could play for four or five more years he's not built on speed you know like he could be one of those players and he's his value is never going to go up again but he could have the same production for the next three years so like is it really worth trading him away if you if you have him no probably not And he could be a guy to target like all these older receivers that Keenan Allen's at 30 years old, the Brandon Cooks who um, will turn 29, you know, like that age range of late 20s should mean three to four years of production. That's a whole dynasty window. Uh, I I think it's like something everyone should do every offseason is go back four years ago, three years ago, and look at ADP, go back and look at who those players are. Half of them aren't on a dynasty team anymore you know go back and look at that because I think that's important to keep in context of how much the landscape will change when you have a player that you know is probably not going to change he's going to be productive it's almost worth keeping than trading Mike Evans for a second rounder you know it's like it's not not worthwhile
2: yeah and if you like we had the same conversation about Mike Evans last offseason and while he's lost some value it's been very little and and studies have been done that have shown that like these players once they hit their age peak they, they start to decline but it's generally a pretty like pretty slow slope downward like it's it's gradual over time and the way i almost think of it is you're essentially spending that value that depreciates for fantasy points and and it's very likely worth it to hold on the to, to, on to those type of types of guys um because as you said like mike evans is 28 or soon to be 29 he's not going to like fall off the face of the earth in the next year like he's going to continue to be relevant for for uh, at least a couple years to come um so it's almost it the the decline is almost over-exaggerated
0: I, but I think it's over-exaggerated because we've seen so many players like randomly hit that cliff and then just completely fall off, right? And when that happens, we choose to just look at the age. We don't choose to look like, look at what else happened on that team, right? Whether there's a quarterback change, the quarterback got worse, whether there's a quarterback injury, whether they drafted another wide receiver that all of a sudden just got better, right? We ignore all of that to just say like, or or maybe they switch teams. They're in a team that just doesn't, throw the ball as much if they're a wide receiver right like we ignore all that just to say that like oh it's age that's what does it like sure age can help change how a team views a player right and that's why they always try to draft the next player that's going to be that player right they're always trying to find that replacement we completely get that right Um, but not every time is that going to happen over and over and over again um, so I think, honestly, I think this is the easiest time to get into the playoffs than there ever has been, is this season.
1: No, I, I think it's fair. I, I think a lot of that is an availability heuristic in our minds. Like you said, we remember the guy that dropped off the cliff, but, you know, and that's why we have Nelly here, because, like, that's what I remember. I remember when I drafted Justin Jefferson, he hits. So I might be able to do that next time. But, like, in most cases, that's not that doesn't happen. You know, either of those extremes don't happen. And I think that's something just to try to keep in mind for yourself that, like, you might mess up uh, a trade, and that happens to one guy. But if you make five trades for these quote-unquote aging assets, these 28, 29-year-olds, like, chances are good you're probably going to hit, you know, four-fifths of those to get fantasy points and, like Kane said, win a championship, and this is an easy time to do it giving up second and third round picks. It's not even like you're, you don't, have to, you don't spend your 2023 first. You don't have to. Now you could know, still make the playoffs, Then anything can happen. Um, it's it's something I'm definitely going to be keeping in mind here at the next month or two when nothing's really happening.
0: Yeah, so let, let's talk these wide receivers, right? And just in these terms of value and kind of play some names, because I think one stands out to me as absolutely wild. And, nelly might or might not agree right i think it's pretty clear right that we have two top tier receivers in dynasty right now and that's jamar chase and justin jefferson i think that's pretty clear right i think we have a third that we like to believe that cd lamb is going to take this big step to like potentially be in this tier with them right but everything after that seems like an entire cluster right where we're trying to um put in the same tier these younger guys that have had, like, okay to even solid production with these kind of aging guys that have had top-tier production, right? When Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill are starting to have less value than someone like T. Higgins is a bit odd to me. I I think it's odd overall for T. Higgins to be valued as a top five wide receiver. And some people are valuing that high. And that just seems wild to me. Right? I think it's hard to sustain production of two wide receivers to be both top five wide receivers in both value and production, right? Because you need the production to aid the value and to keep the value high. But I think more likely than not, T. Higgins loses value if he's at wide receiver four or five, right? That has to be the case. Unless he's all of a sudden going to have more value and get into the tier of Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Right?
2: I don't think it's out of the question. I'm not, I mean, I think it's unlikely. Wherever you put, the way I see it is wherever you see CeeDee Lamb, um, that's where I see T. Higgins in in Dynasty rankings. Like, they're very similar in terms of the amount of targets they earn and in terms of how they translate that to fantasy points. I, I, the, uh, Two wide receivers on the same team has kind of, if the players are talented enough, they make it work. Uh, and the thing with Jamar Chase is he didn't do what he did last year on 30% targets. He did on like 20 to 25%. He was just very, very efficient. And him and T. Higgins produced like very similarly uh, on a per-game basis. So I actually, I'm a proponent of T. Higgins at cost. I, I'm a fan of him.
0: So then the assumption is that he either maintains or accrues value? Yeah. Oof. Shane? Uh,
1: no, I mean, I, I think it's a high hill to climb when we talk T. Higgins. Like, I love T. Higgins, and I think on a week-to-week basis, he could maintain value. But yeah, I mean, even, even if, as Nelly said, like, game-to-game, game, even if him and Chase end up similarly um, it's going to be, I think it's still going to be hard for people to say like, Oh, these, both of these guys are like top tier. It's like, even, even if it should be, people aren't not going to do that. Uh, And I think Higgins always kind of get second fiddle because of perception almost no matter what happens. I think that's makes it tough. I think that's uh, so I'm, I'm kind of with Kane in like, you know, if, if I was doing a startup, um, to rather have the Tyree kills and the Devonte Adams and the, you know, those type of players move down, let someone else take T Higgins. I can pick up an asset and then take Tyree kill, you know, uh, looks like a lot of these times it's half a round later that he's going. So like, I, I almost do feel that way value wise is that might be a better way to go.
0: Well, and I think one one player that Nelly obviously likes a whole lot more than I do is Stephon Diggs, right? And I think, at least in terms of value, he likes Stephon Diggs a whole lot more. But I think if, if you believe that, that T. Higgins is going to have production that continues to let him sustain this value, well, then, like, Stefan Diggs should still outscore him, right? And then if we believe in this cliff where players just fall when they hit, like, 26, 27 years old. In the three years that Stephon Diggs is outproducing T. Higgins, T. Higgins' value is going to drop drastically after those three years, right?
2: Uh, well, I don't know about that because I think T. Higgins is still only 23, right, whereas Stefan Diggs is 28 um
0: it's not it's not a conversation of like are there values even right but t higgins will probably see a value drop in three over the next three years right so i guess the question is would you rather have stefan diggs in the production plus something or do you want t higgins at this point right now
2: that's a good question um the thing is, even if Stefan Diggs produces, his value is also probably going to drop just because of age 100%. and the inevitability of the value. Um, no, I mean, it's actually, I was going to bring this up. While I like T Higgins, like I will always pivot down and pick up the picks. Like I don't want to pick in the late second, the third, the fourth round of startups, because I think the it's such a flat tier from like that point on, like, all these wide receivers, it's one massive, massive tier of guys. Um, like T. Higgins is great. I like him more than most of the other wide receivers, but not substantially. They're all pretty close. Um, and it's like not just four or five wide receivers. It's like 10, 15 guys that are all relatively interchangeable. It just depends how people feel about them on that day.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that's that's the key here is is what Nellie said. Is like and like we talked about with that dynasty shift, like there's going to be I don't know if any of these receivers from three to thirty like really improve their stock, you know, outside of maybe the rookies if they really smash, but they could go the other way and tank. I, I don't know if any of these guys in a year are going to be viewed as oh you know this is this is the night. like they almost have to have a Cooper Cup season, but not at twenty eight years old, they have to have that at 23. Like, is anyone going to do that this year? Probably not. Like, Jim Lwado got Tyree Kill, uh, you know, C.D. Lamb, like you said, we're hoping, but that's kind of doubtful. Uh, so then I, I think we're going to be in the same spot next year with all these guys just a year older and a couple of these 23 rookies tossed in. So to me, that's, yeah, pivot pivot down, you know, take that next tier um, and pick up what you can. I think that's what you start wanting to do. Kane, you talk about it often, right? Like, why not trade a wide receiver two for a wide receiver two plus? Like, I think you can do that right now.
0: I think you can do that more with wide receivers than any other position, right? I think because there's so many wide receivers. And realistically, what's the difference in production from wide receiver two to wide receiver three over a week to week basis? Like, not that much, right? Because wide receivers are all spike players for the most part. Um, a lot more touchdown dependent than we want to lead on. Um, So I I think we're at this point where you might as well, especially if if you still want to compete, um, you might as well pick up picks because the one thing we know with picks are at least are accruing in value. That's the one asset we know more than anything else that is going to accrue in value is a pick between now and the start of the 2023 draft picks will be worth more. Right? Like, that, that's a guarantee. It's the one guarantee we have in fantasy football. And I think that's what's attractive about, you know, always trying to hunt for that next g- really good player is because at least if, if you don't think that player is in there, you can just trade away those picks. And it's a really, really safe alternative. Um, but the issue is you always end up being a lot more... Uh, you kind of repeat being in the rebuilding mode. Um, If you're never really trying to compete ever. Um, Because all you have is picks as assets and that's all you have. Especially if you play in leagues like we all do that are now starting 11, 12 guys. It's going to be really, really difficult for you to put together a team that does that with four first round picks. Right. Without trading a lot and it's doable, but you have to trade a lot and you have to, you know, really work to fill out that lineup and you're going to lose in value while you do it so I guess those are my thoughts Um, but Shane and I made a trade and I thought this was kind of worth bringing up Um, so this is a Shane this is what a 14 team one quarterback Devi league
1: yeah no no tight end premium
0: that's unfortunate I thought there was
1: Maybe I'm wrong. I just, I'll look. I'll
0: look. I just looked, and there isn't. Okay. I would have loved it if there was. Made my trade a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is a 14-team league. Um, I'm competing. Shane is not. So that's probably worth mentioning. Um, I think I finished third last year in this league. Um, so my team is still very much competing. Right when you have guys like Josh Allen and. Um, Christian McCaffrey and Tyree Hill and Christian Kirk and Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, right? Like you should be competing with those guys in a 14 team league.
1: My best running back is Kenyon Drake.
0: So our teams are doing much different things. Um yes. so I drafted Christian Watson knowing that Shane had two out of the next four picks and he loves Christian Watson. Um so I was like, well, I can probably pick up one of those picks and a little something because I need some more guys to start because it's difficult to find guys in a 14-team league that are still going to like put up solid production. Um, so I saw this little guy on Shane's team, a little guy by the name of Hunter Renfro. Um, and I was like, ooh, he's probably relatively cheap, and I should probably go out and get him. Um, so I, I moved down, I think, what, four picks, Shane? I think is what it ended up being, I think. Not really sure. Um, so he ended up getting Christian Watson that I picked, and then I ended up getting Trey McBride, and um, Hunter Renfro.
1: Yeah, you moved down six picks, so from the one hundred eight to the one fourteen, and uh, yeah, so I moved up. Um, and, and I, I think I think Twitter liked your side of getting. McBride and Renfro, but yeah, I, I'm a big Christian Watson fan. I think the upside's there, so I was happy to. And I have a team that's not Kenny Drake not competing for me right now, so like uh, kind of Renfro is not helping me out anytime soon. I have a lot of Devies, a ton of Devies, a lot of them coming in the next two to three years. So hopefully, Watson can you know hit, and that'll be a nice peak. That's kind of my goal. But I think I thought it was a good trade for both of us. I think it worked out.
0: Nelly, do you have thoughts?
2: Well, I'm not the biggest Christian Watson guy. I'm a little bit worried about him. Um, I think it's a relatively even trade, right? Like, I know Shane believes in Christian Watson, um, and I think the value's there. Um, but I also, I do like Renfro. I think he's a pretty good value. So I think it worked out for both of you pretty well.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to, like, you know, gain gain points this year. And Hunter Renfro definitely does that. And then it's the hope that one of you, that your rookies hit, right? That's always the hope. Um, so I think that'll kind of, you know, happen. Um, so that was the trade that Shane and I made. I made another trade. Um, I sold another Trey Sermon share, which is great. Um, but it's for a third round, a third round Devi pick in a league that's been going a while. So it's basically taking a shot on um, a really, really low rookie or hoping that some freshman or sophomore hits in Debbie. Um, but I think that's even more enticing than continuing to hold Trey Sermon on your team.
1: Just the, drafting Tyron Davis-Price, I think, just puts a stake in Trey Sermon, right? Like, now he's got to beat TDP out even to get on the roster. It just it's just kind of a mess. So yeah, I'm. I, I think I was in the same league, and I I like you getting the third round, heavy pick. Like I think there's a lot to like there.
0: Especially when yeah. realistically, okay. right? Tra- Trey Sermon's never going to play on my team. Realistically, so I I don't mind getting out of that. Uh, Nelly also made a trade. Nelly, this was a startup trade, right? Yeah,
2: startup and also keep in mind it's a campus to Canton league. Um, and we did college side first and I don't have any quarterbacks coming through the pipeline. My best quarterback, Sam Hartman. So I picked at the one Oh two, I took Mahomes, and then I traded for the one Oh four and I sent away, uh, the two eleven and the three Oh two. And I got back the one Oh four and the 11 Oh four. And I I took at one Oh four, I took Kyler. Um, Quarterback points are especially important in this league. It's six point passing TDs. Uh, completion percentage matters here. Um, it's like kind of similar to Scott Fishbowl scoring. Um, for clarity, at 211, Trey Lance went, and at 302, A.J. Brown went. Um, and I'm, I'm envisioning in the 11th round, someone like, I don't know, like Richard Penny or something, something of that value. Who'd you take with your other first round pick? Mahomes, so I have Mahomes and Kyler.
0: Oh, I like that.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I like your side there, um, which is rare in the trade up. But I think it's I'd rather have Kyler than Lance and AJ Brown, to be honest.
2: Yeah, it it feels like so much to give up your two and your three for that for to drop all the way down to the eleventh for your second pick. Um, but I just think locking in, and I know I've talked about this before, but this is actually putting it into practice: locking in one of those top elite quarterbacks, and just kind of doing the bottom of that massive tier that I was talking about earlier. It just it it kind of makes sense,
0: especially when you not only get one of those top tier quarterbacks, right? You get two of kind of the top six quarterbacks, right? Um, I think that's only beneficial for your fantasy football team. Um, yeah, and one I, thing we I, one thing we know right is quarterbacks don't grow on trees. Like it's not easy to get a top tier quarterback. There aren't many of them.
2: Yeah, and and I actually tried to trade for like the one hundred five through the one hundred eight, and none of those were going to move off it. So I knew it was this or nothing else. I even tried once I traded up for the one hundred four to move down from the one hundred four to the one hundred six to the bottom of that tier of elite quarterbacks. But I basically, I. I it
0: was the only way that I was going to be able to move up and lock lock in the second elite quarterback. I love that. And I think that's part of the great part about drafting the college side first on a C2C is because you know what your team's going to look like. Right. And you don't have to make a trade out of necessity in the middle of the season and pay even more for these guys. Right. If you were to trade for Kyler in the middle of the season, you're trading a whole lot more than Lance and AJ Brown. Uh, you're trading some college assets too you're trading a whole lot and leveraging basically the rest of your team to make a trade for one of these quarterbacks Um, yeah so I love it it's beautiful cool Shane you want to teach us something
1: yeah, yeah, I, uh, I came across this and uh, saw the name of this. So I, I figured I had to do it. Because, you know, I, another kind of rabbit hole that I've gone down at times has been like CIA operations and what they are and what, you know, the old MK Ultra, kind of the most infamous. So I saw this one I'd never seen before and kind of went down a rabbit hole with it. But in the late 1940s, early 1950s, uh, the CIA launched Project FF, which, um, a swearing warning, but uh, it was Project Fat Fucker. Uh, And basically the goal was to pressure the king of Egypt, King Farouk, into political reforms. Like he was friendly with the United States, but like super corrupt. And so they wanted to kind of get him stabilized and like they were scared someone was gonna, you know, perform a violent coup and overthrow him and get rid of him. Communists would come in, whatever. Um, So you know they were hoping peacefully to kind of get him to do some reforms and keep things um but he just kept getting more corrupt so then they they changed project FF to overthrowing him themselves and putting in another government that was better uh and so they met with the the free movement who ended up overthrowing him with US backing and actually set up uh, a CIA offshoot in Egypt for the Egyptians and basically like went through this whole thing so yeah project uh fat fucker is uh is a name that the cia has put in in writing to uh to an operation which i could could not believe
0: wow here we are <laughs> <laughs> Woo! what a time to be alive baby thank you go. Oof, that i've never heard of that before um
1: I hadn't either. So that's why I recently researched it and I was like I got to
0: hey go Netflix or HBO or something, right? There's got to be you got to make something on this, right? Yeah, yeah, like man be perfect. I think so. <laughs> I love that. It's so good. <sighs> um let's do our our buy sells and unknown stocks here. Um Nelly, you feel like going first? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm
2: going to running back theme here. I am buying Saquon Barkley. Um, I think people are scared about the injury, and that's keeping his cost low, uh, or the injuries, I should say, plural. Um, But he's now two years post-ACL, and the the ankle sprain last year was such a freak injury, like really out of nowhere. And I don't think – he, I'm seeing right now he's the running back 14 in dynasty he's only 25 um like I could see I don't I see him very similar in value to like all of the guys up to the running back 2 like Joe Mixon's the running back 7 I don't think that Joe Mixon should be significantly valued over Saquon um, uh, the talent is undeniable uh, the role is also undeniable this year um so so I really think the ceiling's high for him. Similarly, I'm selling Nick Chubb. Uh he's running back 11. Now Nick Chubb is going to score you 15 points a game this year. He's going to run for 90 yards and score a touchdown for you and he's going to be between the running back 8 and the running back 16 on the year. It's just going to happen. That's what he does. Uh, but that doesn't win you weeks. Like he he's just not a differentiate like he he's not a difference maker for fantasy and Uh, like I don't think people realize that Nick Chubb is 26 like he's as old as as all the other like elite aging guys from the 2017 class even though Chubb came in a year later so at running back 11 I'm selling him now right in between them at running back 12 is Alvin Kamara and he's a big unknown for me uh like no one really has as big of a ceiling as Alvin Kamara in fantasy other than uh Christian McCaffrey I would say because of uh, Kamar is receiving upside, but we don't know what's happening with the suspension. He's now with Jameis, who we only have a small sample size with. And he, he's kind of showed signs of slowing down as a talent recently. Like he's not very efficient on the ground anymore. So he might be hitting that dreaded age gap or not age gap, but uh decline. Hmm. I'm, I'm going
0: to go next. And I I'm, curious to see what y'all think this is more quarterback themed um so i'm gonna buy cj stroud i think honestly this is close to the cheapest that you're ever going to get him over the next couple of years right i think when he's in the nfl like he's much more expensive than this because he's a really really good quarterback and i feel like he's gonna go like some of these bad teams like have solid weapons Right, like what happens if he goes to the Lions that already have some okay weapons? I think he's going to end up being a really good quarterback. Um, so I'm I'm buying C.J. Stroud. Now I'm waiting for Nelly to come at me on on the sell. Um, I'm selling Joe Burrow, and here's why: um, when I can get, you know, a, a guy like Lamar Jackson plus a little because some people have Joe Burrow higher than Lamar Jackson. Like, that's wild to me. Right? And I I understand that, like, Cincinnati has a really good young team, and this feels like I'm railing a lot against Cincinnati on this podcast right now. But, like, when you can even go from Joe Burrow to Dak Prescott plus, I feel like that's worthwhile to do. Right? Dak Prescott in all you know, in all age concerns, right. is still relatively young for a quarterback. Um, I think, what is he? 28. He's the same age that I am. Um, granted I feel terrible and I hope that he feels better than I do, but, but, um, I think there others there's also another big difference. He is in the NFL and I'm talking about the NFL through a microphone. Um, but I, I, I really think that Joe Burrow is just valued a little bit too high. Um, when you can get a guy in the same tier plus something, I feel like it's worth it. Nelly, do you have thoughts that you want to share now? I'm completely with you there. No pushback That's at all. <laughs> Nelly, are cops coming for you?
2: It sounds like it. Let me go real quick. Handle that. <laughs> um,
0: And then my unknown stock is uh, Derek Carr. Now, Like, I think Derek Carr can be productive, but I think at the same time, there might also be some games where he's really not that productive. Um, And I don't know what to do with that. Like, I think he's probably still kind of worth his price tag, but at the same point, like, is he the safest one at that price? Like, probably not. Right? Like, I'd rather have Kirk Cousins. I think than, than Derek Carr over the next couple of years. um, And like, if you're making the choice of like Mac Jones or Derek Carr plus a little bit, like maybe Mac Jones, isn't the worst bet at that point, getting that age. Um, So I, I, I guess I'm, I don't know what to do with Derek Carr. I would both buy him and sell him, I guess. Does that work? I'm not sure you can do both
1: of those things at the same time like
0: but. i because I feel like he is both going to like out produce his value right now, but also I would much rather have other people at that value
1: yeah i'm I'm becoming a derek Carr fan actually I think I'm in the buy category with Devon with an elite receiver now like i think i'm I think i'm in
0: but I already had one in Darren Waller. But now he has two. Three. Hunter Renfro <laughs> wheels
1: up. Wait, wait. I just gave up an elite receiver? You did. To move up six spots? What is this? Yeah.
0: yeah Carr has two
2: elite receivers and Devontae Adams.
1: <laughs> he doesn't have Brian Edwards anymore, okay? We can uh <laughs> All right. Um, my, my, I'm going to go Devi here. My buy is Braylon Allen. Um I just, I look at the 2024 running back class and I actually think Brandon Allen is just a step above at all the running backs that are not named Travion Henderson, right? Like, I, I think he's a much better than Will Shipley and Donovan Edwards and I don't buy those two guys in their situations becoming, you know, a top prospect for you know, the Wisconsin running back. I mean, he's, Brandon Allen's so much bigger than the rest of this class. He's, he's as fast, like, I don't know. I think he's underrated. Um. My cell is a guy that like started as a CFF asset and somehow has become a Debbie asset. And that's AT Perry, the receiver from Wake Forest. Like uh, this is in Debbie. Like obviously I want him in C2C or in college fantasy, but like um, in that draft that Kane and I are in, uh, he went in the second round as a Debbie player. Like he doesn't get separation. He is big and he is slow. Like if we know of receivers where that, that's a problem, like that's a problem. I don't think AT Perry's Drake London. Like I maybe I'll eat those words, but I don't think that's the case. So uh, if people like him as a as a Debbie player, like just don't don't draft him or in CGC, if you can trade him as a Debbie asset and get like a ton, like heck yes. Um I my unknown mean, stock, I think he's been in my unknown stock before, but like I can't quit him. That's Jaden Hazelwood, receiver formerly of yeah. Oklahoma. Now for Kentucky, like, playing that Wandale role, there's I, I, part of me, that thinks he's going to be, like, really good and just, like, break out. Maybe that's wishful thinking. So I don't know. I, he's pretty cheap, but he's someone that I'm still interested in in Debbie leagues, like, trading for that. I feel like whoever has him, whoever drafted him as a freshman is just like, oh, this guy's worth nothing. You could just get him for nothing, and I think it'd be worth that flyer.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you there. Um, Interestingly, that was the first Debbie article I ever wrote. was about Jaden (laughs) Hazelwood. Oh, look at that. So uh, I'm still attached, and I probably shouldn't be. Um, But that's it for us here at the Debbie Marketplace. Before we go, we do want to let you know, if you're in the Discord and you have rated and reviewed this podcast, send it to Shane. Send that screenshot to either Shane or Nelly. Not me. I'm terrible with this. Send yes. it to either Shane or Nelly. S- send
1: it to me so I can put it on the R sheet and keep it organized. Okay, so, Send it to Nothing against Nelly, but he, he he um send it DM me on Discord.
0: Yes, that's the ticket. You gotta send Shane a DM on the Discord. You have to be part of that Discord because then you get a free month of the Secret Chopper, which means you get to access all of our rankings. Uh you get to access uh Nelly's uh cornerstone rankings, you get to access uh his analytics database you get to access all of this stuff um so make sure you uh go and check that out and you send shane that dm that you have rated and reviewed this podcast and that gets you in for a month and especially if you happen to be drafting against me right now in maybe uh a league and you want to see my Devi rankings as i draft devy players um well there's an easy way to do it so, yeah, so... you can come and look at my rankings so we And you get a second
1: podcast every week, too. It's true. So you get a second podcast with the three of us. And we're, we're, what's what's the deadline? We're saying June 21st? Yes.
0: 1159 p.m. Yep. Whatever time. Got to be in by the end of the 21st. It's 1159 Eastern because they're going Ooh. to Shane and he is yeah. in a weird time zone.
1: I'll actually be traveling to Europe, so I it'll be like six in the morning or something. I don't know, but... Yeah. when that happens it'll be great
0: yeah for sure um but make sure that you uh make sure to do that so then you get the free month but other than that we just want to let you know we appreciate every single one of you thank you so much for listening to this podcast we appreciate um you all and we just enjoy doing it so we hope you have so much fun listening to this and just know that we appreciate every single